for 90.9 WRCJ and Detroit Public Television. I'm Linda Yawn, host of The Swing Set, and it is my sincere honor, pleasure to speak with Chris Johnson, who is the director of the Paradise Theater Big Band and is uh, having a very special concert on Friday, November 17th. Good to talk to you, Chris. It's so wonderful to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, yes. Um, Thank you for being you and what you are doing for the city of Detroit, uh, people through the Michigan State University uh, Community Music School, and for the DSO. Thank you for coming back home and bringing love to us. I really appreciate that. It's, it's, well, it's true. My honor and my pleasure. Well, you know, you uh, had an amazing experience with the uh, Civic Youth Orchestra. Mm-hmm. And you studied with Marcus Belgrave. And you could have stayed with the Count Basie Band. But you're here. I, and you're making a difference. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, uh, very, very pivotal in my life. Um, when I joined the Civic Jazz Orchestra, Marcus Belgrave can completely changed my life. Being able to work with him, um, studying under him, uh, just hearing him play and hearing him talk about the music. Uh, I think it was the first time in my life, this was my senior year of high school, I really understood the importance of history and the importance of legacy. Every time that he spoke, every time he played his trumpet, every time he shared anything with us, it was clear, this is something that has to be passed on in this way. I can't read about this. I can't just hear about this. I have to hear this from someone who has this learned experience as a part of our culture. So um, very pivotal in my life. Oh, yeah. And India Owens spoke about the same kind of thing, the way that Marcus ministered to her in multiple ways, making sure she was fed and making sure she was challenged and making sure she was equally comforted um in in the process of learning right absolutely absolutely so the concert on the 17th which will be uh actually a free webcast uh through dso.org youtube and facebook live we really want people in the seats at orchestra hall experiencing this concert especially the suite that you've just composed explain why this is so important to you and to us it's it's funny that you mentioned uh india who was a close friend of mine and i recently joined her band and we've been we've been traveling around uh this summer we were all in canada and europe and had some amazing experiences but Actually, the idea for this piece first came to me when we were on the road, um, being around a bunch of just beautiful artists who are just so warm in spirit and have so much to give. I started to notice a trend amongst myself and amongst um, the other artists that I was surrounded by where just little things would come up and there would be little, you know, what we would perceive as being little inconveniences from us taking up too much space or little inconveniences from us you know, just uh, advocating for ourselves. And there were a lot of apologies that were shared. And really, I felt like I was looking into a mirror, being around these artists and, and seeing them speak about 
themselves in a way where they would just say, oh, be really quick to say, oh, oh I'm sorry, or I bumped into you, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, or um, I need an extra second, I'm sorry. And I started to notice how much I did that same thing myself. And I, I started saying the phrase, I said, stop apologizing, you're just being human. And it kept resonating with me more and more. And it was really clear to me that this was something that is very common amongst artists, very common amongst empaths, uh, very common amongst highly sensitive people. Um, and I mean that uh, in the, you know, the, the actual like psychological term of highly sensitive people. Um, and I was inspired to write a piece that really kind of um, spoke to this idea that it's okay to take up space. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to have needs. It's okay to be human. And so that's where the concept for the piece came. And uh, knowing that I had this concert coming up, I decided it'd be the absolute perfect time to prepare this music, write this piece and get it ready for, for the 17th. And I'm so excited to share it with everybody. DSO is really excited. This is a world premiere. Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah. And they are 100 and 200% behind you um, in this suite. And it's different. It's absolutely different. And it comes from your heart. But it also probably reflects Detroit. Mm. Because Detroit's been apologizing for way too long and detroit's proud detroit is beautiful and detroit is unique detroit doesn't need to apologize to anybody right right 100 percent agreed and i think sometimes things are we have this tendency to mask you know in the light of the public to want to appear a certain way or to want to be accepted in certain ways. But the reality is, you know, I think part of the beauty of what we experience in life is that everyone is different and everyone, you know, doesn't have to conform to the same reality. It doesn't have to conform to the same practices. And it's really beautiful to see the differences in everyone. And I'm really proud to be from Detroit. I have traveled literally around the world. I have lived in, in multiple places. I've seen a lot of things culturally. There's just something so special about the people here about the support, about the love, the, the kindness, the warmth, the hustle, <laughs> um, the just the, the different experiences, even, each, even just within music, the amount of cultural experiences that we've been able to shape in the world of music and in the world of the arts. Um, I think it's really important for Detroit to, to claim that, to fully claim that and to own that without any apology at all. Exactly. There's a sound, there's a vibe, there's a push, there's um, an, an energy that um, is unique to Detroit. And Detroit can stand on its own versus New Orleans, versus New York, versus Chicago as a unique music city. Right. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that's really special, too, about uh, about Detroit is just even amongst the musicians that are going to be on the stage on Friday, we have musicians that are coming from so many different walks of life and so many different practices. And even when we label something as Detroit jazz, it doesn't have to look one particular way. There's not one particular style of music. There's so many different interests and so many different ways to practice. So uh, I will say, you know, I try to always write from a very, very sincere pl place and I'm very confident in all the music that I've composed. Um, I will say this is probably the rawest, piece of music that I've composed and the the most 
um, intently me piece that I've composed, um, especially with the combination of, of the words that I felt very strongly that I wanted to share. Uh, originally, I started writing the, the some of the songs, you know, began maybe with a title or began with an idea of, you know, what I wanted the, the message to convey. And originally, at one point, it was going to be conveyed instrumentally, but the words spoke to me so strongly as I was writing the music. I knew I wanted those to be narrated and to be read live on stage so that the audience could really experience the full scope of, of what I had inside. And I didn't want to apologize for it. I wanted it to be very clear and very upfront with what my message is. And uh, I think the audience is going to take away a lot from that. And there's going to be a lot of personal reflection that happens at the end of this concert. Mm -hmm. Now, are you going to the, do the narration or will the narration be done by Milton Suggs? Milton Suggs will be doing the narration. So okay. there are, uh, two, two songs within the suite that Milton will be singing, but then throughout he'll be kind of carrying us through the story, narrating the entire story. Um, and Milton is just a, a longtime collaborator. I've been working with him for, for years now. We, back in 2014, we did a concert together um, where Milton had composed some melodies um, based on the poetry of Paul Lawrence Dunbar. Mm -hmm. And he had asked me to uh, arrange the songs that he had written uh, based off of uh, Dunbar's poetry. And we performed it uh, in Chicago. And it was amazing. Put, he put a big band together. It was our first like major co collaboration. After that, he ended up um, working with me. Actually, I'm sorry, it was probably right before that. He had worked with me on my musical Jim Crow's Tears. I had been on the, the, the recording for that as well as a live performance. And uh, Milton's a great friend, brilliant musician. So I'm really excited to bring those charts back to life and to perform those again, um, as well as to have him premiere this new suite. Yeah. And Milton Suggs deserves to be in Orchestra Hall. He's oh, he's, he's top tier all the way. Oh, absolutely. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. And a humble and really fun person, too. Actually. Yes, yes, Milton, Milton is, is, is by far one of my favorite vocalists um just so there's so much passion and honesty in his in his delivery so much pa uh, passion in in his soul um great person great person to work with and i'm really excited to have him with the band yeah um tell me about uh the various movements in the suite and some of the featured soloists great yeah so the piece uh is is through composed uh meaning that it it, it goes um, really it's all kind of interconnected there are very distinct movements but the idea is that it will move through um, piece by piece pretty seamlessly um and the message is at the center of it we start off with a piece um, that is the title piece stop apologizing for being human and to me it really encapsulates more than i can in this setting it really encapsulates what i mean by this concept and so the audience will be able to experience that and then immediately goes into a movement called Contrary Emotion. Um, with this piece, uh, we'll be featuring the, the trombone section, um, some wonderful musicians. We have uh, Corey Wallace, who's flying in from New York to play lead trombone. We have William Wang, uh, a local trombone trombonist, Kenneth Gill, and then Christian Foreman, who's actually a former uh, student of mine um, from Southfield, who now is living in LA, um, playing with Harry Styles, amongst other people, great musician. Um, and then from there, we move into a piece called What No Longer Serves Me, which is really kind of a poem or an essay um, to myself from myself um, that really encapsulates uh, my dedication to moving past my some of my uh, unhealthy coping strategies, uh, to move past my dissociation and to really step into um, more of who I am. 
uh, next moving into a piece that features Milton and myself. It'll feature a Milton on vocal and it'll be a trumpet solo that I take on a piece called Lifetime. Um, and then we just kind of keep going through like that, featuring a different band members. It's an amazing group of musicians. Um, and I think everybody's really going to benefit from this piece. I honestly, it'll be a very, very healing experience. Will Nate Wynn be on drums? Nate Wynn will be on drums, yes. Yeah. So I can walk you through the, the rhythm section is, is dynamite. Cool. Brendan Davis is going to be on piano, young pianist, just uh, absolutely phenomenal. He's also from Southfield, although uh, from a very different generation. Uh, we have Sasha Kashperko, um, who's been in my band for years, great guitarist, um, brilliant musician, just recently got off the road with Charlie Wilson, um, working with Common and, and Black Milk and all sorts of artists, uh, Kareem Riggins, et cetera. Um, and then we have Brandon Rose on bass, recent graduate from Michigan State University, um, brilliant electric and acoustic bass player, as well as a singer and a rapper and a music producer. Um, really amazing. And then, of course, like you mentioned, we have Nate Wynn on drums, which he needs no introduction to Detroit. And my cousin, Lauren Johnson, um, who's been working with me for you know my entire life, is going to be on percussion. Yeah. Uh -huh. Dynamite rhythm section, which to me is like a really important foundation to this group is to have that groove locked in ready to go and the horns will just really float on top I'm, I'm very lucky to work with these musicians you are um and and you learned that 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 locked in rhythm section as you put it yeah. um is a real basis for everybody else to swing and groove and oh, and, yeah. and float on top you learned that in the bassy band oh yeah absolutely definitely yeah that's that is that is quintessential and when the whole band drops out and it's just down to that rhythm section the groove is still there so the group is yep the groove is still there um i understand that there were, will also be um some um an, other additional narration um in in tonight's or, or friday night's concert yes so actually there will be a visual narrative that's happening at the same time by a visual artist named chanel harrison um she is a brilliant young woman um who will be creating a visual piece of artwork on stage that encapsulates the message of the entire piece and we will see that live on stage uh coming into fruition um i wanted there to be a physical embodiment of the piece um that is in some way autobiographical but i think will also speak to to everyone that is there um and really representing spirit really representing the human spirit and the journey of the human spirit that takes place throughout the composition Wow. Great. What's Terrence Blanchard think of all this? You know what? Uh, Terrence has been incredibly supportive um, since, since the day I met him. Um, you know, this ensemble came together as a result of uh, Terrence actually checking out um, my virtual big band that I created during the pandemic. I started all of a sudden getting likes and comments from Terrence on my post, which fanboy moment like that's like my biggest inspiration is terrence blanchard huge huge fan um so much to do with why i compose for film why i play trumpet why i write um terrence is a huge inspiration but uh, chris harrington who was the uh, the former director of the paradise jazz series um another good friend of mine um, mentioned to me that you know terrence was talking about my music and, and talking about things and once we had done the performance, myself, Kassan Belgrave, uh, I think it was James Carter and Mike Dees, we, all of us per, uh, performed with Jazz at Lincoln Center Orchestra with Wynton Marcellus as a part of the uh, the Classical Roots concert that happened. I believe this was in 2021. Um, after we had done that concert, basically the conversation was, you know, this went 
really, really well. And we see like the local talent and we believe that there's an opportunity for this to be done locally. And so Chris invited me to put a group together and uh, I'm absolutely honored and, and said, you know, Terrence was going to be our, our special guest. Uh, and then later on, we added Kurt Elling and we had our first performance last April and it was just a dream come true. Absolutely amazing uh, opportunity. Um, and Terrence fully entrusted me to put all the music together. So um, I was blown away by that experience. Really, really honored to be able to do that. And uh, now we've moved forward and we were programmed for this year. And again, was just given the freedom to, you know, share my creative vision and to be able to just, you know, bring these musicians on stage and curate the music. All the pieces that we hear throughout the night um, were arranged by myself. Um, most of the music that we're performing was uh, either composed directly by members of the ensemble. Um, we're featuring a new piece by Nate Wynn, um, one of his pieces that he performs pretty often, Psalm of Peace. It'll be a brand new arrangement of that being played for the first time. Uh, a piece, uh, Detroit 1970, composed by my mentor, Kamal Kenyatta. Um, we just released a virtual recording of that, but this will be the first time that arrangement's played live. Um, and of course, the Paul, Paul uh, Dunbar music as well. So uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a night of beautiful original music and something that is very Detroit in nature um, and definitely celebrates our, our legacy. Wow. How you feel about that association and the support that you're getting from the DSO, you know, since Chris Harrington left, um, tell us about, you know, being jazz in the DSO. <laughs> you know, for me, some of my early experiences in jazz um, were, were right in downtown Detroit. So I actually uh, was uh, fortunate enough to work with Harold McKinney when he used to have his jam and bread sessions down at the Serengeti Ballroom before it was at the Serengeti Gallery. At the Serengeti Ballroom right there on Woodward, uh, I believe above the Veterans Building. Um, and we would go up there and we'd pay our $5 and we'd go in and we'd practice a song backstage and then get on stage and work with Harold McKinney. This is like my, probably my sophomore year of, of high school. And so it was Harold McKinney. And then later on, Wendell Harrison was coming to our school. Ken Cox was a mentor as well as, of course, you know, uh, of course, Marcus Belgrave and, and just all the musicians that were around, you know, so many of them. Um, and then I remember my senior year, I got a call. Uh, sorry, the summer between my junior and senior year, I had participated in Detroit Symphony's uh, Civic Youth Ensembles. They used to have a program called the Summer Institute that would take place at Oakland University. So I went there and I played in the orchestra. I played in like a brass ensemble. And while I was there, Rodney Whitaker came and did a master class. And um, he did the master class and Omar, uh, Omar Latif, who's playing lead trumpet with us on this performance, he was, a, I think, a freshman at Juilliard at the time. And he was working as a mentor for this summer camp. So he got up and he performed with Rodney and he played the blues and they called me up and ended up playing with them and had a discussion about Michigan State University and the work he was doing. Well, from there, Daisy Newman, who was the director of education at the time, the next fall came around and I got a phone call at home. And she said, is this, you know, I need to speak to Chris Johnson. And I said, yes, I, hello, Miss Newman, uh, you know what's going on? We just had our first rehearsal for the Civic Jazz Orchestra, and I noticed you were not present. You need to be there this upcoming Tuesday at the Matrix Human Service Building in the basement. We will see you there. And I believe she hung up. <laughs> and the next thing I knew, I was there in rehearsals every, uh, I want to say it was every Tuesday night at that time. This was before the Maxim Fisher uh, Educational Wing was built. We were rehearsing in the basement of Matrix uh, Human Services at the time. Um, and we would go down and rehearse. We got to rehearse with, with Marcus every week. Uh, a young Kassan Belgrave was being brought there by his mother every week. He was there, you know, like he must have been three, four years old 
there watching every single rehearsal of you know absorbing everything and yeah i mean since then the dso has been a really integral part of my life um when i was in college uh, i came back and worked as a mentor um for for the civic youth ensembles later on i came on and started directing some of the ensembles at one point on and off conducted the civic jazz orchestra um since then i've done a couple of commissions for the youth ensembles um obviously i've led this group i was a performed a solo with Leslie Odom Jr. during one of his concerts. Thanks to Chris Harrington making that connection. There's just been so many great opportunities through DSO. They've been incredibly supportive of my career. And this is really just kind of a full circle moment to be able to come back and play a stage that I was once a student on, but now I can take my professional experiences and, you know, collaborate with some people who are, you know, also alumni of Civic Jazz Orchestra, some of the, you know, professional musicians that I grew up admiring and grew up playing with. And uh, we can all share the stage together. It's it's quite the beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you for sharing your gratitude, um, your humanity uh, with us on uh, WRCJ and Detroit Public Television. Thank you for believing in jazz and good music in general uh, in Detroit. So I just really want to thank you and wish you the best possible you know experience you can have this coming um friday how do people go about getting a ticket right absolutely well first of all for anyone that follows me on social media you've probably seen the multitude of videos that i've been putting out just trying to spread the word it's always in my the link in my bio and in the comments but more specifically if you go to dso.org there's information for the paradise theater big band right there on the main page just scroll down a little bit and you'll find it okay all right and it will be um webcast via dso.org youtube and facebook live that's my understanding uh, we're, we're so looking forward to it. It's a dynamite group. Uh, I forgot to mention, I, I think I mentioned the trombones in the rhythm section, but we also have uh, Caleb Curtis, who I was a student with at Michigan State University on lead alto, Kassan Belgrave on second alto, uh, Marcus Elliott, of course, on tenor, uh, Raphael Leofar, uh, also on tenor, Kaylee Wilder on Barry. In the trumpet section, one of my former students, Anthony Stanko, is playing trumpet, as well as Omar Latif, my mentor, Salman Parham, one of my mentors, and uh, the great Alan Denard is on trumpet as well. So all around, fantastic group. You don't want to miss this one. It's going to be really, really an incredible experience. Smoking, man. Smoking. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so very much. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me.